welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I'm Alicia. And I'm Brian. And we are so happy to have you guys joining us again this week as we dive into healthy marriage, healthy relationship, healthy connection, healthy family, what that looks like, but also talking about a lot of the hard things that marriages face, a lot of the struggles along the way. And so we're just really thankful um, for each one of you who are joining us each week and hearing us share our hearts and our story with you. Aren't you thankful for these guys just tuning in with us, babe? I am. I know it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's really an honor. It really is. It really is. Yeah, I'm thankful. So, you know, I know that um, if you've heard any of our past episodes, we've been getting a little vulnerable. Um, we're probably going to get more much deeper as we go on, but um, I just want to encourage you guys. Vulnerability is beautiful. There. Can you use that in a sentence? <laughs> vulnerability. <laughs> oh wow. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so spelling bee days coming back. Right. Oh my gosh. There we go. Third grade. I feel like I'm in third grade. But yeah, jumping back in. <laughs> There's definitely something um, very beautiful about vulnerability, you know, especially when somebody invites you in to their hidden world. You right. know what I mean? Right. right. Vulnerability, it's like, it's like that thing that you're hiding behind the curtain that you don't want anybody to see. And it takes a big step of, um, gosh, just experience exposure because you don't know when you pull that curtain back and you show someone and you're vulnerable with them you know this is my past this is my junk this is my mess right well they still want to be around yeah yeah and so if you have someone who's been vulnerable with you or if you're that person that's being vulnerable with somebody else that is such an honor um i mean they we are shining a bright spotlight <laughs> on our lives, aren't we? Pretty much. Yeah. I know. I feel like a big beacon is just being shown on our lives and our past and everything we've walked through. But there's something, I don't know if it feels the same to you, but it is so freeing. Don't it? Doesn't it feel that way? Like, yeah, because yeah, we're not there anymore. We're not there anymore. And God knows all of our flaws and yeah what he's done in our lives and yeah most of our family and friends people around us and mm-hmm. and you know we've just been real through it all i know through the healing and everything and yeah there there's <laughs> we're just exposing we're not and i don't want us it to sound like we're exposing ourselves we're really exposing the enemy because he was the one behind everything he set the trap. He put the temptation there. And I just want to say, you know, just because you might be tempted, the temptation is not the sin because Jesus was tempted. Right. So the temptation is not the sin. It's what do you do with that temptation? Right. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. So, um, but I just want to say there's definitely, there's no shame, no shame in vulnerability. 
and opening up. Shame is off the table. Shame is a thing of the past. <laughs> it is off the table here. There is nobody better than another. Sin is sin is sin is sin, period. We have all sinned, every single one of us. So, yeah. Goodbye, shame. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Actually, it can. <laughs> but when you hear us share our story, um, I, I want you guys to know that it's not coming from a place of shame, but a place of being redeemed. From a place of overcoming a great deal of pain, but finding healing and identity through it. Don't you agree? I do. No. Yep. Yeah. So we're excited. I know that we've been talking about betrayal and um, being betrayed. And so this week I want to talk about, so what if you are on the receiving end of the betrayal? What if you're the one being hurt? Well, as you know, betrayal can be relational. Yeah. Um, the closer you are to someone, the more devastating it feels like it is. Um, you know, you could, you could have a friend do something to you mm -hmm. that you would just kind of blow off or laugh off. Your spouse might do that same thing. And, you know, it, it cuts deeper. Yeah. So, you know, not, you know, maybe the cut would be deep with your friend too. Depends on how close well, you are. Well, like if you have you a know. girlfriend and you're like, Hey, how's right. my hair? And she's like, right. Oh right. girl, that looks, that's not your best look. You right. might laugh just, about it, but if your husband says that, like you don't talk for the whole day. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or go with the same hairstyle. <laughs> right. After that. Right. Um, and a lot of you've dealt with a lot of betrayals over your life. Um, how we get through that? How did you get through me betraying you? Obviously, mm. I betrayed you a lot, a whole lot. Okay, so you, how did I get through? Yeah, those yeah. times. And you know, there was a lot of shame on me for that. Not now. There's you know, no going shame. back to the shame. Yeah, you know, back to shame. I was kind of like a old mattress. <laughs> My shame got to where I was like an old mattress, mm -hmm. and when you tried to throw it out, they hauled you and told you they only picked them up on certain days. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how I felt at one point. Oh, wow. We'll send a different crew out, and it's only Fridays that we pick those up. So you're the old mattress. You're sitting out yeah. there until Tuesday because they but didn't like, come. But like I, told, like I told you earlier, you know, God can use that. He could take yeah. that old mattress and give it to a homeless guy, and it would be a treasure. <laughs> so, Aww, you know, yeah. a lot of what we've done was just like our story, mm -hmm. you know, taking the complete completely horrible story yeah. made it into a great story and a great book oh wow you know that you wrote yeah so we'll just put a little plug right there once the shame's off i mean you start to let god you know working in your life yeah and uh start taking all that was devastating blocks and rebuilding something beautiful oh that's so good you know and when you think about it you know around where we live we live on a farm and so there was an old, um, Brian's old grandfather and grandmother, their house was on our property. And so they decided to tear it down. How old was that house? 
Um, it would have been built in like the 1893. Oh wow! Around that, yeah, around that. Okay. Part. Yeah, I was a yeah, really around old 1893. House. Yeah. But as far as structurally, and it, it, it really it needed to come down. So Brian and his dad did the tedious work of of tearing down this old house. Tearing it down by hand. Tearing it yeah. down by hand. But you know, I just want to say, like, I was just thinking about as you're talking about repurposing how um this house is full of all this old barn wood that people desire. I mean, like the farmhouse right. look is everywhere. And we had this barn house, all of this barn house wood, and it was beautiful. And I'm just thinking it, it, it just goes to show, like, I feel like what we're going, what happened with our life, um, God's just taking the mess that we made and he's repurposing it and making right. something just so beautiful and desirable. We've had so many people tell us, you know, comment about our marriage. Not even realizing the mess that we came out of. Yeah, they just thought we were sweethearts from <laughs> high school, and we uh, had kids, and yeah, we lived this. We eat cotton candy for life. dinner every yeah. night, and that's right. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, yeah, they do. They don't. They don't see. Yeah, it's they. They can't understand or even really fathom that we've been through what we've been through. And that that's the power of redemption. That is how God can take something that and make it better than it was before. But also he always, he always makes it better. Oh my gosh. But then he turns it around and makes it like it never need redeem to begin with. Right. That's how good he redeems something. You guys. Yeah. yeah. Is that he brings it to the place where it, it doesn't, it didn't need redeemed in the first place. It's, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's not an overnight process. It's really not. It's. And it's not easy when mm -hmm. you're on, when you're on the betrayed. Yeah. It's not easy giving you that time to heal because it's taken years. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still issues you're healing from. Yeah. They're, they're honestly. So it takes a lot of understanding yeah. on the other party's part, mm -hmm. especially when you're getting, you know, you're feeling the heat from it. <laughs> That's that's one thing I've had to really learn is to be patient with you. Mm -hmm. Be I, honestly, I think because you know betrayal and infidelity, it's it's not like you do A, B, and C, and if you follow these steps, you'll be healed in four months. There's none of that, and and trust me, I've searched. I had such a huge gaping hole in my heart. Um, and I was so desperate. I, I literally felt like I was just gushing blood everywhere I went. I was just actively bleeding on everybody because I was just so immensely hurt. Um, and I feel like at the beginning, um, I, I probably didn't do a very good job of getting healed because I was so angry and I was so bitter. And I really let those things just, you know, come in and just begin to write my story for me of uh, being this bitter, angry, vengeful, resentful wife. And, you know, and then I would find company that was like-minded. <laughs> you know how it is when you're like, 
really angry and you're bitter and at your situation and at your marriage and what your husband is doing behind your back or even in front of your face, you can always find those girlfriends or family that will jump on board with you and they will have, you'll just have like a good, (laughs) before you know it, you've been sitting there talking for an hour and you've literally committed homicide. And that goes both ways. Because yeah. I had, you know, I had my circle of friends yeah. that, you know, they were on my side. Yeah. Because they knew my story. Yeah. They didn't know yours. Yeah. But like they say, there's always two sides to the story. There so, is. There is. Yeah. Unless you know both sides. And obviously, mm-hmm. mine was the bad side. <laughs> Nobody should have been taking my side, to be honest. We we were both. We both had, we both had our part in all of this. Well, kind of. But I was 98 <laughs> We, when we started this podcast, you're like, I'm 90, then you're 95, then you're 98. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I really was. Um, so I think getting back to it, I think that how I started my journey, because guys, I'm just going to be completely vulnerable and honest with you. Um, sometimes I have to get right back into um, either life coaching or um, inner healing, I feel like that this is just something that you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it until you know, until you know that that spot is healed. And sometimes you don't even realize that something's not healed fully until maybe something triggers it. And then it surfaces. And then you either deal with it at that moment or you push it down again, only for it to resurface again at another time. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I've made amazing steps, huge progress um, in my healing journey because it is a journey, right, Brian? It is a journey. It is not a sprint. No. And I say if anybody, their healing journey, if they were like, oh, I was healed in a month, I would question that because... You know, I know that God can do anything. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure there are people that God just came in and healed their heart miraculously in a moment. But I think for the large population, it's a journey. And for me, it has been one of the most difficult um, healing journeys of my life. You know, um, just golly, even at moments, just being angry at God you know, for what had happened in my life and in my marriage and with my children and, you know, my family. And so saying all that to say is how did I get through this, all the betrayals? I would say number one is I had to um, rebuild my foundation with God, not my relationship with God through my family, through my parents, but for me. I was at a desperate point where I needed to know who he was, like not who he is to my parents, not who he is to my husband, but who is God? Who is Jesus to Alicia? Like, who is he? And I really, I mean, I was at rock bottom and so I didn't have, there was nothing else for me to do, but just really throw myself into God. And I prayed all the time. Um, I, you know, spoke in tongues. If if nobody speaks in tongues, oh my gosh, I pray you'd receive the Holy Spirit because 
when I didn't know what to say or I didn't know what to pray because I was so hurt, I'd just speak in tongues and the Holy Spirit would pray for me, uh, just interceding for me, you know, to God, to Jesus. He was just the, just a beautiful friend during that time. So I would say, just throw yourself into God, but also get some, you know, therapy. You know, get go to a life coach, go to a licensed psychologist, go to someone who can be, you know, that middle person for you where you can, they're safe, where you feel safe with them. You can tell them what you're going through, but like put yourself first in this situation because you, you're not responsible. Like I, I was not responsible for what happened to me, but I was fully responsible in the healing portion. And that took me a little bit (laughs) because it took me a little bit because I was even pursuing the healing journey because I was angry that I even needed to get healing. But once I got to that bridge and I decided I'm either going to cross it or I'm just going to stand here and look at it and be mad the rest of my life. I'm glad I decided to cross it. So, Ryan. So, if you are someone who has betrayed someone, but you've repented, you've walked away from all of that, um, what would you say to someone who might be feeling shame from their actions? Like, how can they overcome that shame of what they did to someone? What would you say? Well, I mean, that gets really. Gosh, I think you, I think you have to have a, you know, faith-based foundation, kind of like you. Um, you know, I reached a point where I'd tried everything. Mm-hmm. You know, just there's so much alcoholism, like based. And, you know, I quit that overnight. You did, and that was God because you were so. You were drinking drink like crazy, day, and you just stopped day. cold turkey. But I remember, I remember after the whole suicide attempt and that failing, and then just looking back at everything I'd tried, and like nothing made me happy. Mm-hmm. I remember just one day, you know, I knew God was there growing up in church. But, you know, it was an experience that I'd never experienced, I guess. You know, it was was a side of God that I didn't know. It was a side of him being that close friend and it not being a church thing or a religion thing. And I remember, you know, after some certain things happened and some things shifted and I was able to get out of some things I was tied to. I remember God just You want to tell about that or no? How God got you out of that situation? Um, are we at that point yet? Okay. Or maybe okay. later. Okay, we'll move on. Maybe later. But um, after I got released of some of that stuff, situations and stuff, I remember God saying, just try me. And I remember when I came back home, of course nobody knew it but me and God. Like your family didn't believe it. You didn't believe it. The kids didn't believe it. None of your friends believed it. Um, I told God, like, I'm going to give you 100%. I've tried 100% and everything else that failed. 
but I've never, you know, actually gave you 100%. And I remember promising myself that I would give God 100% of my effort and see what happens. And here we are today. You know, it's just, you know, those days I would go out and set and start a fire and you thought I would leave because, you know, you were obviously still angry and you thought I would jump in the truck and leave. You know, I knew then I'd promised God that I was going to give it a hundred percent. And, you know, I was, I would, I'd go outside and start a fire and just spend time with God. Gosh, I think, I think, like I said, you know, your relationship with God and your foundation, it has to be in the growing stage. You have to have a, not a close relationship, I would say, but a growing relationship because you're going to deal with a lot of hardships being that one. You're, you're going to deal with, deal with guilt yourself, and then you're going to deal with hurt from the other person and anger. And, you know, that's something I had to live with. You know, there was a lot of times he was angry at me, and I didn't always understand why he was, I shouldn't say still angry, because sometimes it was literally months or few years after the fact but you know that's a difficult part you have to learn to deal with you have to step aside from being that person of your past and realizing yeah i did cause that hurt to that person or to your spouse but you have to put that aside on a shelf and take over the role of trying to be someone to help them through that and to help them heal and it's a very fine line. It's a very, it's sometimes it's a very difficult um, role to play. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes because, um, you know, the person, you know, say like in our instance, I had never, um, I had never walked through betrayal of, you know, of infidelity. I've, I'd never walked through that before nor had anyone in my family. And so we didn't know. I, I had no idea. So how do you heal from this? You know, and I didn't have anyone around me that could even tell me how to walk through it or give me guidance. And so a lot of it was, um, I felt like, especially the beginning was blind. I felt like I was blind walking through it. And I didn't have, there's just, there wasn't anything for me to, I don't want to say there wasn't anything. I'm thinking maybe I just didn't find the right resources at that time. And we live in a small town and there's not a lot of resources, period. (laughs) You got the library. Right? Yeah. Walk into the library looking for that stuff. I think, I think a lot of it we learned. A lot of it we learn ourselves, just us and God. Yeah. You know, over time. Yeah. You know, some of the simplest things, like when we were having our worst fights after all this, mm-hmm. we just, we learned that we would just stop in the middle of the fight and pray. Literally. We could literally go from fighting to walking out in the woods on a nice walk. Yeah. It just, yeah. It, it would break the stronghold that quick. Right. And then I learned a lot of times if I would just give in. And I wasn't meaning that you were wrong or I, I was right or vice versa. It was just giving in and telling you I was sorry. You know, when I, we would, things would start getting heated, you know, 
Yeah. I would just say, I'm sorry for what I did. I remember our counselor, you know? we, we were in counseling for a long time. And one of the things that she would say, because we were so set on being right. Do you remember how we would just sit there yeah. in her office yeah. and we wanted to be right? But she, but she said this. Yeah. Right. She said, um, at some point, someone is going to have to stand up and be the hero. Right. And a lot of times, especially at the very beginning, it had it was you because I didn't want to take that role. Right. And I think I think it comes with that with being close to God and and starting to um, experience His love, and then transferring that love that you experience with Him on to others. Oh yeah. And I think that's that's where a lot of um, you know a lot of our healings come from because. We both have, you know, a strong relationship with God and the love for mm-hmm. him. And, you know, it's that love pours out to each other. You know, a lot of times that just, that buries any thing the enemy wants to try to bring up. You know, it just pushes it down. Yeah, Brian, that was so good. Um, I know for me, when the betrayal occurred, I experienced some would call a spiritual crisis. And I felt that God was responsible, not, not like God caused it, but because he didn't stop it. And I felt abandoned. I felt unseen, uncared for, alone. Like I said, you know, no one in my family had experienced this. And so no one really knew how to help me except saying, I'll pray for you. And it was especially hard for me to not be angry at God. You know, I, it, the enemy, gosh, even, even to the person who's maybe on the other side of this, do not be tempted to fall into the victim mentality where you are the victim. Yes, you have been victimized. But it is so important to not take on the identity of I am a victim because that is what I did. Yeah, it's hard to help others when you're the victim. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. You you can't even help yourself because you're so victimized. Right. And then you start seeing through a filter of I'm a victim. And then everywhere you go, you're looking for somebody to victimize you. It's like you're constantly looking through a filter of being a victim. And then if you're at a bank and the teller's a little smart with you, well, you were just victimized right there. They mistreated you. They, you did something wrong right there. Probably they're the victim. <laughs> More than likely. Well, I mean, really, when you think about yeah. it, um, it's easy to play the victim role. It's easy to fall and into And then that. everybody mm-hmm. that is a little snippy with you. Yep. You think, oh, it's about me. When in actuality, you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. That teller could have woke up that morning and had found out something horrible herself. Yeah, exactly. So So, mom had cancer or or whatever. If you'd have went went to the grocery store and the guy in the produce, you know, was mad because you asked if they had any fresh tomatoes and you thought, you know, he was nasty to you and you're a victim there. Well, He could have found out the day before he's got cancer. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to 
it's hard not to play the victim role sometimes, but if we don't play it, a lot of times we can help those who actually are a victim at that point in time. Yeah. Who are and going through a real, you know, a real struggle. It's such a double-edged sword how the enemy will use betrayals and then use victims. And then he'll try to pull the victim into victimhood where all of a sudden your identity is not in God and you're not, you're no longer victorious, but you're just a victim. And right. that is definitely a tactic that he uses. Um, gosh, I know. He's like, he, he's like one who, he gets two out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. He's got a, he's got like those uh, two for one deals. You yeah. Know? I'm going to tempt you with one thing and then I'll get two deals out of it. He'll set the trap. Right. Push you in yeah. even. Yeah. He's going to give you one deal that you think might be a deal at first, but then he's going to get two deals You'll out of it. You'll find out there's two price tags. Right. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to get you, going to get you in temptation and, and, and hook you there. And then when you get out of it, yeah. he's going to use that same tactic and shame you. Yeah. Exactly. So he, he's just a, he's just a dirty. He's, he's not guy. for you guys. No. <laughs> I, he has no integrity. No, no, he doesn't. We know that. <laughs> I know. I know for me, the enemy just, when I, I, golly, I got on the victimhood train and I, I was on there for, I don't even know if the time length is appropriate. It might like discourage people, but. About eight years. <laughs> no. No. It was several years. It was several years I was on this victim pity train and I had my own pity parties for years and it was a party of one and of course the enemy no he was always there a party of two pretty much um just wallowing at my pity right. party and pain then you turn on Joyce Myers and she's saying yeah and Joyce was always why, there why are you trying to be a victim yes and I mean literally sometimes I was, it was I just pumping like yes Joyce and then I'd look at you and I'd be like I'm the you ready to go to bed I'm gonna turn this off <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Pity party. Oh my gosh. Um, wallowing in pain, low self-worth. And I just had to find out who I was because I had lost, I had just lost my, it wasn't like the enemy was trying to destroy our marriage. Then as God was rebuilding you on the inside and he was fortifying you and just for me, it was like the enemy was trying to tear me down with the circumstances. And I, I had to find out who I was and it wasn't what had happened to me. And it, I just want to say guys, as we're, in, we're closing out this podcast, it is so important to get healed from betrayal. It's a deep cut that needs heal and it takes time. So give yourself grace, give yourself patience, give yourself love and forgiveness. Like right. forgive yourself. And don't, don't give up. Don't give up. So many times we, uh, we take, you know, we take three steps forward, yeah. two steps back and we think we just want to give yeah. up and we don't realize we're still one step ahead. Oh, so good. So, yeah. Get up and keep pushing forward. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just want to say closing out here, um, it's a difficult thing, but you can heal. Let me just say that again. 
It is betrayal is hard. I'm not, I don't want to take any of the, I don't want to lessen that at all for you. It is hard, but you can heal. A bad season isn't a bad life sentence unless you stay there. Invest in yourself. Invest in your healing. You are worth it and you deserve to be whole again. So as we close out this uh, podcast, I just want to thank you guys so, so much for joining us. Um, We're going to keep getting deeper each week. We've got so many topics to cover. I mean, there's so much. There's so much that we haven't even gotten into. But I know that betrayal, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And I don't feel like it's something that you can talk about over 20 minutes and you have, you know, everything that you need to know to get through. So we're going to hit it as many times as we feel like we need to. Um, we pray over every single podcast before we do this. A, yep. a lot of times we have an idea of what we're going to talk about, right. but we right. really just let the Holy Spirit lead us. Yeah. First one we did and we bombed We it. bombed it, guys. <laughs> we bombed. So we're like, we're going to pray We're like, Jesus, help us, help us. So um, we hope you guys will join us next week as we go after um, healing the broken marriage. Until next time, we We bless bless you. you.